Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Previously on Second Condition One. As much as I want this to be, it's not a Doctor Who podcast. Uh. Wait, I have one more joke. <laughs> I have one more Dalek joke. Action stations, action stations. Second Condition One throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host and SC1 actual Caleb. And joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. I'm sorry, the EXO animal. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to come up with a, a Thai quote from the episode off the top of my head. No, and I just went, that was it. What I came up with. You just, gotta let them defend themselves. There we go. And of course, the president of the podcast and the 12 colonies, Andrea. Hi. Throw it back to me again. I got a good one. I don't have anything. I'm kidding. Don't. We're good. Hi. Hello. <laughs> it's me, the president. <laughs> see what uh, housekeeping stuff housekeeping stuff so uh caleb i really need you to clean your leftovers out of the fridge i need to, i actually have been cleaning my fridge in uh, in preparation for moving we've, we've thrown out a bunch of stuff oh. did you have uh, anything hiding in there with like a really old expiration date that you didn't know had been there not that we didn't know <laughs> just that we were ignoring <laughs> that's fair that's true so uh for those of you playing along at home uh, Night Shift Radio has a new corporate headquarters. Hey-o. That's true. That's true. We'll be relocating from a, a small walk-up in uh, South City, St. Louis, to a uh, a loft just outside of downtown. And the address? <laughs> I'm not giving that. <laughs> he almost got you know, him, just y'all. Just for anyone who wants to visit our, our headquarters or send us a letter. Yeah. I'm not even sure I would tell you not in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Previously on Battlestar Galactica, uh, we left the last episode on a cliffhanger. Not technically a multi-part. This one's a two-parter, uh, which uh, is a little confusing. But you know, sometimes sometimes a story can't resolve right away. Something you can't have everything wrapped up in a neat little bow. Uh, and in the case of two Battlestars squaring off with their their Viper fleet, fleets flights fi- fighters. Mm-hmm. Squadrons? Squadrons is the word I was looking there for. There you go. Uh, two Battlestars squaring off across space with their Viper squadrons. Uh, you know, that that's something you maybe don't want to wrap up in a neat little bow. Uh, 
when you have so little time to do it. Uh, and so we uh, we open this episode uh, on a little bit of a stalemate. The uh, the vipers are uh, flitting around one another and uh, making some some close maneuvers, but nobody knows what to do. Cat's requesting weapons free. She wants to fire. She's ready. And uh, Pegasus, they they don't know what to do. And yeah, you can just picture like Adama and Kane standing at the window, just staring at each other from across the courtyard. Like, you, you know that they're each move. staring at each other's greatest signatures. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, you move. No, you. <laughs> but uh, in case uh, in case our listeners aren't uh, up to speed or maybe don't remember, why are we in this situation? So um, it's because Kane is charging or has charged Hilo and um, the other one that I like a lot, Chief Tyrell. Tyrell, Chief Tyrell. With, <laughs> Galen, with, you like him so much you can't even remember. Listen. <laughs> There's no more room it's, left in your heart for his name. That's what I was name. just going to say. It's our, our hearts communicate and like hearts don't really, you know, they don't traffic in names. Um, but uh, they done killed that dumb fucker. Um, what's his name? Thorn. Thorn. Uh, by putting a bolt through his head, basically, right? Well, they and now they're going to be put a bolt through his head. They threw his head into a bolt. <laughs> You know what? I guess that's true. Slight difference. Yes. Um, the end result is roughly the same, though. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he did. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, so she's got his men, and he's he's getting them back. Well, she sentenced them to death. That's right. And he said, uh, no, thank you. And he says, absolutely the fuck no not. No fucking way. I'm getting my men back. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Nobody kills my men but me. <laughs> I just so- needed it. Can we talk about how there's a, a brief uh, little game of, of chicken, which feels to me a, a little bit too lighthearted for the fact that it's a, a collision course between two space fighter jets, um, between Cat, our friend, our good friend Cat, who we love, uh, yeah, and great. a Pegasus pilot named, codenamed, call signed, Nacho. <laughs> He's Nacho pilot. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You beat me to it. Yeah, you were too busy looking pleased with the thing you were about to say, and you hesitated. But uh, Sweep right in there and took my joke. Mm-hmm. It's not your joke anymore. If we recall, uh, Lee sent Starbuck on a uh, on a a little mission, a little side mission that was not approved, mm-hmm. and uh, he sent her on a, a photography uh, extracurricular. <laughs> Assignment. She's captain of the uh, president of the yearbook club, and so she wants to get those candidates. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, she's tasked with getting uh, some up close and personal shots of this uh, this unknown ship that's in the Cylon fleet. That we we need to know what it is, so we can. I guess why to destroy? I mean, the plan is to destroy it anyway. But like, we we want to know we why we're destroying. <laughs> um, Just in case it's a Baskin Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> because she she already knows and Lee knows that the uh, the Pegasus Cag's plan uh, to hide behind a moon uh, and get a, get some recon footage is, is never going to work, uh, and so she she jumps in there with the fucking stealth ship and she gets those up close and personal yeah, she does. Uh, shots. Uh, meanwhile, in Lee's rafter, the uh, the Pegasus Cag is ordered to relieve Lee of duty, and so he asks for permission to go, just kind of chill in the back, <laughs> just hang out. 
like, yep. Which I don't see why not. Yeah. You have permission to go kick back and relax in the uh-huh. back and read a magazine? And he's like, yeah, do it. Live your life, pal. And, uh, of course, Lee immediately takes advantage of this opportunity to type out a, uh, a, a, a quick letter to his friend Starbuck. He sends her a text. Dear it says, Starbuck. It says, hey, it says, you up? You up. <laughs> Hope things are well with you. <laughs> not so great here. In a fight. Got demoted. Sad face. Relieved of duty. Sad face emoji. Come back soon. Love, Lee. XOXO. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's I'm, the other one. That's the other guy. <laughs> that's Ty. That's Ty. <laughs> do you think, do you think, like, Ty ever, like, ends messages, X- uh, like, signs off as the XO, and then people see it for the first time, and they think that, like, oh, he's being kind of flirty. <laughs> That'd be pretty forward, Ty. Do you think that when he signs things to Adama, though, because they're so close and love each other so much, he signs it XO, comma, XO? XO the XO. XO the yeah. XO. I'd like to XO the XO. That's not true. Nah. Ty's lovely, but he's not really, he's you not know. No, nah, it's fine. Speaking of which... Uh, this will have been a, a few weeks ago uh, by the time anyone is actually listening to this, but uh, we got an update from uh, Michael Hogan's oh, wife, yeah. Susan, uh, that he's doing very well, that his recovery continues, and we are just fucking thrilled yes. to hear that because we love him so much. So much. Mm-hmm. Just an endless source of joy for us and I know for many others. And so, again, from the bottom of our hearts, we're rooting for you, Michael. Yeah, and I think that GoFundMe is still going, and I can't imagine that those yeah. resources still aren't needed. So I'll um, I'll uh, I'll, I'll bump that again this week. Um, awesome. Yeah. And if you can, every little bit helps, y'all. As we've seen with with uh, Mr. Hogan's progress. Yeah. Michael, sure. not Hulk. Do you think they're related? I I need to believe that they are. I got nothing here. <laughs> nothing other than. Starbucks jumps back uh, right into the middle of this uh, uh, the, this game that uh, never quite d- devolves into a firefight, but like it's it's this it's like a cold war in space, mm-hmm. and we know it's very cold in space. Uh, <laughs> much like in war, know. space is like, very cold. Mm-hmm. Much like war, space is cold, uh, and of course everyone immediately sees that a uh, an unmarked. A ship with no colonial transponder has jumped into view. So, of course, it must be a Cylon Raider. There's uh, no other possible explanation. No other possibility. So, all Vipers turn on it. <laughs> Starbuck is, all Vipers, please do not shoot. I am friendly. So, we're, let's, we're all let's, friendly. Just, let's just be friendly. <laughs> Have I? I no, this is controversial, and I've never said it before, but I think that I trust the two of you and our audience enough that I can say this. She's the fucking best. I love her so much. Now, this is an interesting turn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It huh. wasn't love at first sight, certainly. No. 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 In fact, it took until until season two, episode 11. Jesus. This is, we've for... passed the halfway point, right? Don't we have 20 in this up in the season? Yeah. Wow. This is this is the return from the mid-season break. Jesus, how did anybody live? This is the second time that Starbuck has popped on the scene, jumped, appeared. What do you do? What's the verb? Hit the scene um, in a non like a sex machine. <laughs> what? <laughs> say more. What are you talking about? You know, like no, no, say oh. less. <laughs> Let Andrea finish. Okay. <laughs> um. In 
in some non-standard, non-military issued vehicle that has gotten her almost killed. Um, yeah, no, she's real good at that. Yeah, I just, I love that Starbucks thing is flying ships she shouldn't and doing just the best. You know, we, we gave Sharon a whole lot of shit for just always like, ha jumping around the corner and surprising people, but like... To be fair, we gotta give Starbuck a little bit of the same for mm-hmm. just always showing up in someone else's yep. ship. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, she's gonna show up in a fucking base star. <laughs> just her. Like she's gonna t- have taken over the just entire thing. Up, fuckers. <laughs> look, look what I got, Papa. <laughs> I brought you a whole fucking base star for Christmas. If anybody, if anybody and she's my girl Starbuck. Starbuck on the side of us with a fucking <laughs> Spray can, <laughs> but like she like just painted it like by hand, so like you have to like really zoom in close oh, yeah. to see. Yeah, because yeah. it's, so <laughs> it's, it's an enormous ship. They're no, very no, big no. ships. Is no. the thing. So she, so what she did is she didn't really plan it out. So she started with like a giant S, and then a just big old T, and then like half of your words. She's like, oh shit! I know how big letters should be. Yeah. No, you you apologize to John Mulaney for stealing that bit. He's used to it. (laughs) He's used to us stealing his bits. He's used to everybody stealing his bits. Mm, Enough about John Mulaney's bits. So, uh, Starbuck immediately uh, makes the the right move and uh, sends the the recon photos that she took uh, over to Pegasus, which distracts Kane long enough. So smart. uh, for uh, them to, to realize, that, like, okay, like maybe maybe the shooting uh, doesn't need to happen right now. Uh, and so she, Kane says, you know, 15 minutes, come over here to my ship and we'll talk. And <laughs> no, that's not happening. Like, you're just going to throw me in the brig and I'm not going to do that. I have no intention of cooling my heels in your brig. Yes. And so she agrees to a neutral ground meeting. Uh, little does she know, uh, <laughs> on Colonial One with the president as something of an arbiter. And, oh, Mama Roslin lets them have it. I love it because mm-hmm. they're both sitting there in the chairs and she's just reading the riot act. Like, they both got called to the principal's office for fighting on, this, on the fucking playground. Yeah. Mom's not mad. She's, she's just very disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. She's so disappointed. <laughs> she's like, you two can shoot it out all you want. And I have no doubt that Pegasus would win. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> <laughs> she just shoots him a look and he just glowers, just like looks away like mm-hmm. <laughs> And she's like, but you know what? You would sustain heavy damage and heavy casualties. Uh and you know the only choices that we have, you can you can fight it out and kill each other or we can compromise. That's it. Done. Yeah. And uh, so badass. Kane agrees not to kill Hilo and uh, Tyrrell. For now. Yet. <laughs> and uh, that's about the best we get. You know, after this uh, this big up to take out this ship, uh, we'll do that. But we still have to figure out what the ship is. Can I still think it's a Baskin Robbins. It could be. There might be one on there. I know that that line is is played mostly for mostly for laughs. I would say um, Adama saying there, I wouldn't count on it. But it's also it. You know, uh, Adama's very interested in upholding the like 
whatever of his command and blah, blah, blah. But there's still part of him that goes, that is like not always playing by the books, you know? And I think that's why like he has such a soft spot for Starbuck and that kind of thing. Um, and so he just, when he does something like that, or he just can't help himself, but like, there's no reason for him to say that. Right. But he just couldn't not. And also I think he's right. Like if, there's a chance because his crew loves him so much and they trust him so much. And we know that's not the case that what's her face. Kane is leading just by fear. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it came down to it, they might be able to hold their own a little more than anybody is expecting. Adama believes in his crew and he believes in his ship. And Mm -hmm. I think he genuinely believes that if it came down to it, they have as much a chance. Yeah. They'd figure something out. I mean, like you said last week, Caleb, show ain't called Battlestar Pegasus. That's right. That's well, true. And I know it was because they're working with a Cylon, and it's very different to fight a Cylon fleet, but they took out fucking how many Cylon ships just last week. Like, this little Battlestar can, can hold its own. So, suck on that, Kane. And unlike Kane, they've protected and maintained a civilian fleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Jesus Christ. We will. Uh, in fact, I, I want to uh, I want to skip a little bit because I wanted to uh, to get some of the, the setup for this. Um, there's a, a moment when the commander is touring the the deck and you know checking out the, the repair of the the vipers, uh, and he's having a chat with Laird who. Like is very obviously like uncomfortable in the situation. Like, still getting his his feet underneath him for like how the Galactica does things, but also still very much not military. He was, mm-hmm. as we mentioned last week, a civilian aerospace engineer or aeronautical engineer. Uh, and the commander calls Callie over. He's like, "Laird's not military, is he?" She's <laughs> like, "No." And she she tells him the story about how he was you know, civilian engineer, and, you know, she says, scuttlebutt among the fleet was that uh, Pegasus used to have a civilian fleet, but she doesn't have any, any more details. What she does appear to have is a banana in her jumpsuit pocket. <laughs> you know, a girl gets hungry. <laughs> I... <laughs> I did the ADD brain thing where I, I read your, so listeners, so Caleb dropped that in, in our Slack earlier today, and it popped up the notifications, and then it didn't spend long enough in my working memory to stay, so that was gone, I didn't think about it, and then we were watching the show, and I just started cracking up because I saw what, I, it can't be a banana, but... I think it can be, <laughs> and here's the thing, is like, I can't see, like, you're... Your point, like, you know, she's going to get hungry while she's working, might mm-hmm. want a snack. Like, I can see that. Like, that makes sense. But a banana seems like a really poor choice well, uh, when you're working around heat and heavy objects well, uh, to God have it right forbid. in, like, a, you know, a, a front pocket. It's a good well, point. And if you drop the peel on the ground, then it's a fall hazard. <laughs> you know, you got to be. First of all, a few things. Wait, were we friends when I slipped on the banana peel in the parking lot? Do you know about that? I legit. We're not friends now, so I don't know what. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) That's extremely rude. Were we. Had we become acquaintances, business partners? Had we yet begun to work alongside each other when I slipped on the banana peel in the Target parking lot? I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to share that on our Twitter. I feel like. That's not really a thing. Uh, you okay? But if for anybody, oh, fair enough. This human muppet. So, anyway. Yes. So here's the thing, Caleb. Back to the banana. Caleb. Caleb. Yes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Number one, I believe that Callie knows what she's doing. 
Granted. Uh, she clearly has a banana holster on her jumpsuit. <laughs> so that is quite obviously the best place to put a banana. I hope that what happens is for some reason all the, the deck crew have like gun holsters built into their suits. And she was like, what's it? Obviously for my banana. It was so smart of you guys to include the banana holster. How old is Callie-ish? 16. And, uh, I hope not, based on my speculations. And uh, so so she's got a banana. Uh, but here, where did she get or a banana? Or is she just happy to see me? Where? Batman. Florida. Did she get a mm. banana? Floridian. <laughs> is that where bananas my, come from? No. In my no. headcanon, mm-hmm. when she, uh, she goes on her 15-minute break mm-hmm. and she goes to snack on that banana... <laughs> She just hums a little song to herself about the Banana Star Galactica. <laughs> Could you break us off a few bars of that uh, Banana no, Star I song? Oh. I, I sure cannot. <laughs> but so for, I'm looking for. I'm looking for Callie. Caleb. I think it might while we're derailing. Nikki, a banana. Nikki Klein. Nikki Klein. We mm. know you're listening. Tell us about the banana. Yeah. We want to know. Give us the scoop. It's like a banana split. Like a banana split. Obviously, this uh, this conversation resonates with uh, with the commander a bit because he because uh, he takes we, that we banana. We don't see it, but uh, he has a little conversation with Ty, uh, who then uh, goes to have another uh, drunken heart to heart with his uh, colleague, the EXO of the Pegasus, Mister Fisk, and uh, he asks a little bit about. The uh, the Scylla specifically, which was Laird's ship, oh, uh, and mm-hmm. Laird gives him the 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 full uh, the full rundown, the whole the whole caboodle, the 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 skinny, the uh, the what what uh, about the Pegasus former What's, you I you said fleet. you said Laird, and I'm not saying this to correct you. I'm saying this because I can't remember what is his name. Not Laird, the one. The XO? Wait, is the XO Laird? No, the XO. No, the Fisk. XO is Fisk. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laird, Laird is, the is the deck chief. <clears throat> gotcha, but, gotcha. Uh, Fisk gives the whole story about the uh, the civilian fleet that the, the Pegasus used to have. And we learn a little bit more about just how like ruthless and cruel Admiral Kane can be. First of all, she never let them have any bananas. That's why not a banana to be found. That's why Callie's got in her pockets an, an intimidation uh, technique against all the people on Pegasus. Y'all think you're she... so great? I got a fucking banana in my pocket, <laughs> and I'm happy to see you. Oh, um, or is. is it that she's afraid that Kane's going to take it away? So she <laughs> she's got to right keep it her, close. She's keep it close to her chest. But the actual story uh-huh. uh, is that. Uh, <laughs> The the Pegasus came across this this group of ships, uh, which all had working jump drives and weapons and jump were driving. Kind of a, then have we done that no, before? Please don't. Have we done jump driving in <laughs> UAL? I don't think we no. have. That's so funny. Hold on, we just need to stop for a second. It had and then, weapons and were uh, something of a serviceable fleet on their own, but uh, where <laughs> most would see uh, a a group. That where maybe there was safety in numbers and they could flee together, mm-hmm. uh, much as what happened with our main cast in the Galactica. Uh, Admiral Kane sees parts uh, <laughs> that she can strip from these ships to use for the Pegasus. Um, yeah, and so it's not even a good, is it? A, I mean, I get, like on what am I trying to say? I don't know. I have no idea. You haven't said any words yet. <laughs> I'll get there. That question was more for me. Um, see now, I was geared up for something. Oh, if we take out how cruel it is, is it 
on paper, like a good decision in terms of like yield or something to strip those. To like, strip, I know, I know well, like more well, ships uh, is more upkeep, but to, I don't know. So, it just, okay, here's my thing. To leave them just floating in space. So here's my thing. If you're going to take all the good usable parts from those ships and all the people and put them on one ship, then maybe that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I still still think it's a bad idea, but it maybe makes sense. But if you're going to take all the parts that are good and leave all the people, at that point, what are you fighting for? Yeah. Well, Kane splits to... the difference and takes all the parts and some of the people. Mm-hmm. Which is the people uh, that are useful to her. But, but, and right, to really but drive to the point end? home, anyone that, that refuses to come with her, uh, she has their family shot. So that's... Um, I it, to, I couldn't tell, so maybe I'm being obvious by saying this, because I can't tell if this is something that's going to be, that's, a, I think Laird is probably, his family is one of the two that were shot, right? Is that, um, is that uh, supposed to be open for speculation, or are we supposed to infer that already? It doesn't Do explicitly say, just says that Laird was one of the ones that was traveling with his family, and he says that we shot two families. And I just, I think uh, that has to be, because... Does anybody, because, well, right, because that, that, either, right, so either his family was shot, which I think is the case, or they're marooned and floating somewhere in space, right, are the two options. Which, I mean, they're as good as dead no matter what. Right, exactly. Yeah, either way, they're dead. So that's why I'm wondering if that's going to be a big reveal later. I think it might be a little anticlimactic, unless there's more going on. Or he's a Cylon. I just want to put Laird, that out there. <laughs> Laird is shell-shocked. He doesn't seem full-on traumatized, mm-hmm. so I feel like he might have been one of the ones that was like, no, please don't kill my family. I will come with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although it's hard to say how people respond. That's a different, uh, unimaginable trauma, and I can imagine, I can't imagine it, but what I can imagine is that you might just um, kind of put your head down and act as if anything before you join the Pegasus um, doesn't exist, you know? Maybe. 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 No further questions. So some uh, small but important things that we skipped over to get to this point. Um, there's a, a little scene in the uh, in the Admiral's, I don't know if it's her quarters, ready room. I don't, I don't really know the layout of the Pegasus. Um, but she, uh, she brings Starbuck in after that, that bold move that she made <laughs> going rogue. Uh, and Starbucks ready for a, a bit of a dressing down because she's used to it by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes off on her own, does something stupid, uh, gets in trouble for it, and uh, a week later does the same crazy shit again. Yep. She just never uh, learns. God, I love her. That's our Starbuck. Um, but Kane says, uh, "I'm going to make you the uh, the, the Pegasus, Pegasus keg." Yeah, my guy obviously uh, can't fucking cut it. He uh, he let your guy Lee uh, you send know, you a text send message, you, <laughs> <laughs> like just text you and like all these winky face emojis and like it's awkward. Um, and I'm not sure an eggplant. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Were you Starbucks hungry? Like, I don't. Yeah, you know, Starbucks like, yeah, but well, what about Lee? And she's like, well. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, I, I can't really uh, punish him and not you. And so uh, I'm just demoting him and revoking his flight status. And Starbucks like, but I want him on my team. <laughs> do you always get what you want? <laughs> Usually. Yeah. Good. So do I. <laughs> That's so funny. 
<laughs> probably the, the the one scene where I actually like Kane. She's yeah. pretty shitty most of the time, but like that moment, like, do you always get what you want? So do I. <laughs> well, and she, my guess is that she's misread Starbuck to a degree, and that's why she's being um, kind is not the right word because she isn't kind, but why she's being a little more like um, human-ish. I don't even know what the word is, but she's just, she's communicating with Starbuck in a way that's a little different from the way she talks to other people. I think it's because she sees, she thinks that they have some things in common. Um, she sees a little bit of her own ambition and yeah. willingness to, like, I, you know, I, I hate this phrase because it's so overused in a situation like this, but her willingness to do what it takes. <laughs> but it's, I fucking hate that. Like, what does it take? Yeah. No, just, just say the quiet part out loud. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but it's for very different reasons, and that's what separates them, right? Kane is do will do whatever it takes to stay in charge and keep her power and Starbuck will do whatever it takes to protect her people and and do what she thinks is the right thing. And those are very different motivations, she goes obviously. With their gut. Yeah. They both go with their gut. They're just like Starbucks gut is more reliable. <laughs> Starbucks gut is not full of rats and worms and spiders. And bad things. So we also have a moment in the sick bay. On the Galactica. This is huge. With uh, with Doc Cottle and Adama and mm-hmm. Sharon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really, I love Doc Cottle in this scene because mm-hmm. he only has like one line. Uh, but it's, it's an amazing line. Adama says, he's addressing Sharon, says, what happened to you? Referencing the, uh, the traumatic events of last episode. Coddle cuts him off and says, is unforgivable. Yes. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, Coddle. Yeah. Yeah. Even he, I, that is such, it's very important to me, and, and having him say that, especially because in that moment we're not, I mean, we have an idea of where Adama's going to go with this, right? We don't think he's going to say something, but for him to cut right to the chase and say, like, this is not. Yeah. Um, he does say before that, though, the language in this conversation is so telling and so important, mm-hmm. and I love that Boomer calls them on it. Because the first thing he says while the, the close-up is on her hands and she's got the, um, the like, uh, what do you call them, from the... Oh, my God. From the handcuffs. Um, mm-hmm. So you're seeing that. But he says there'll, there'll be no uh, no lasting damage. He doesn't say physical damage, but you know that's what they're all hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody's uh, addressing the fact that what is much more uh, traumatic for her is going to be the, the mental and emotional damage. That mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Cylon therapist on on board, right? Like, or at all. And probably. they're kind of not, my guess is they're not considering that part as much for Boomer as they would if for a human, mm-hmm. because they're not as concerned with that, you know, her body will heal. Um, and that's, I guess they assume her brain will too, or like yeah. she can just erase that right. from her memory or shut that or, out or something. Yeah. And it's, and I don't think it works like that. No, certainly not. Um, uh, and she even says, cause then somebody says the attack and she's like, Oh, is that what we're calling it now? Yeah. Um, and I wonder, I used to bring this stuff up more at the beginning of the show, but I think I'm so invested now that I, I have stopped thinking about it as a show that is made by people behind the scenes. But I wonder <laughs> like, uh, 
are we not going to use the word rape on a sci-fi show in the you know what I mean like for whatever reason but the the writers didn't want to pass over it you know and that's like a really Mm -hmm. smart way to focus on something without saying it but drawing attention to the fact that it's fucked up that we're not saying it um i just thought it was a really well, thoughtful do, way to handle that chief uh, and i can't remember if chief or helo says it later D- later yeah yeah okay um but yeah, uh I, I think in this situation it's just you know it's a an old doctor mm-hmm. that's looking her over and says you know there's not any permanent damage he's concerned about her physical wish yeah. coddle is not a uh, a therapist by any means. <laughs> no, no, Cattle is no, the farthest thing from no. a, a qualified counselor. Uh, and so he, he addresses what he is, is directly concerned with and qualified to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, I feel like, you know, kind of the same with Adama here, although uh, Adama is more likely to understand the, the emotional scar. He still is, is struggling with his own perception here. Uh, but I like when he tries to deflect and say, you know, they were not from the Galactica. And she's mm-hmm. like, they were from Pegasus. So what? Yep. Like, it happened. It was colonials. It was humans. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your point? Yep. But I, I love that um, I think two significant things happen in this scene. Uh, one is, I think, Cottle, you know, just jumping around and like, that was unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- to him, they're just another another patient that deserves the same rights and and treatment as any other human patient. That's such a good point. Just like the mark of a good doctor is that you treat all of your patients equally yeah. in that mm-hmm. way as deserving of, of treatment and care. Yeah. Um, well, no matter what. Given, given his... Uh, assumed age, he probably was also serving during the the, yeah. the first Cylon War. Oh, absolutely, that's a good point. And most likely treated a lot of human patients mm-hmm. that were, uh, mm-hmm. you know, severely wounded by you know Cylon attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he it'd be very like easy said, for him to have resentment against her. Yeah. Yep. But instead, he's I'm a doctor. I I fix people. This, whoever those people may be. Yeah, this episode, in a lot of ways, and we, we can talk about it more, um, draws a very clear line between people like Cottle, mm-hmm. and um, I think maybe even more next week we can talk about um, Fisk and these people who um, are... <laughs> I hate to bring it down to like morals because I think that's such a gray area in general, obviously, but there's just, there's something where, um, a lot of the humans in this show do feel like they have some sort of moral superiority and moral high ground to the Cylons because of the attack. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that actually will get addressed, uh, later on in, in this, uh, two parter as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the other significant thing that happens in this scene is, uh, Adama leaves the scene by saying to Cottle, you know, make sure she's okay, and then back to her cell. Mm-hmm. And if we recall, the last time he referred to her, he referred to her as that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can tell he's even, like, he's starting to view her as a person again. And I think mm-hmm. that's really significant yeah. for for what's what's coming. Yeah. I'm not going to say much about this because I talked about it a lot last week. Um, and I don't, I'm not holding this against Adama or anybody else on the fleet. But it is worth remembering that what has caused this older, um, this older dude to, to see boomer more as a human is that she underwent really horrific sexual violence and i don't 
want to keep I know that's like not the most exciting or light thing to talk about with our show but it's just um really interesting to me that that's the thing and it, it yeah. often is um just you know with with media like this so I don't want to like I said I don't want to harp and I also don't want to gloss over that it's true though so Kitsy, you were just about to finish that uh, last scene, and I was taking a drink of water, and in my head, uh, you were going to say, so I think the other important thing about this scene is that we have multiple drinks contacts, <laughs> and I like, quickly swallowed my water, because in my brain, that's exactly where you were going, and I knew I would spit to <laughs> So I'm glad, I'm glad that you said that, because my inclination now was to go to the break, and I didn't want it to sound like I was deflecting from what Andrew was just talking about. I was planning on going to the break anyways, this was just me being like, well, I'm uncomfortable. We have multiple greatest contacts. But that being said, we do, we do have multiple greatest contacts. So we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer location. We will, as always, embed the jump coordinates into the ad. So make sure you listen to the ad all the way through three times to get those right. And we will see you in the uh, at the place where the coordinates say to go. So g- jump. Driving. Then you well, you got to jump driving. Everybody, then you, you gotta jump driving. Then you, well, do you think our listeners can hear you shaking your head at me? Yes. <laughs> You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition 1 as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform. Report! <laughs> sit rep. I think I like sit rep. It... Y'all went with sit rep last. Yeah, sit rep's better. This uh, most recent episode, the one that just aired today, and it was, I liked it. Sit rep. Is that I'm I the asked president? You already. Yeah. Sit, sit rep. I'm a. Pr- I don't know shit <laughs> about somebody. What's somebody happening in the CIC? I'm sick. I'm laid up. Go ask Billy. Billy, sit rep. Where, where is Billy right now? Um. Colonial one. Oh, yeah. Are you Billy? Are we sure? Who wants you, to know? <laughs> Come on. That was really good. I hate this fucking No, show. that was good. You know that song? Are you Jimmy Ray? Who wants to know? But I said, are you I Billy Ray? No, I have uh, no idea what you're talking about. Damn it. Uh, what I do have an idea about uh, is that uh, Baltar, uh, in trying to uh, make a connection with the, uh, the, the sixth prisoner on the Pegasus, uh, realizes just how uh, deeply... He misses the the connection that he had with the the six on Caprica, uh, who he presumes is now what the, uh, the the person living in his brain. Uh, but now here she is, right there in front of him, and 
you know, they, like he didn't know what he had until he lost it, and now he sees a chance to to get her back, and like, you know, he's he's struggling with it because he he genuinely wants to help her, um, but she just she she's been through it, and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to keep going. She doesn't want mm-hmm. to be helped. She doesn't want to be free. She just wants to die, but she knows that she can't because of the the Cylon tendency to uh tendency i don't know if it's a tendency uh the cylon uh procedure uh, of downloading into a new body but she says uh i can die for real if you destroy that ship and she mm-hmm. indicates one of the the photos that he has in his hand once again and she tells him shout out to the unnecessary octagon that is the picture <laughs> I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I am absolutely thrilled by the consistency and dedication mm-hmm. to that. But it's that so like, they don't let up for a second. Like some sort of media gets into the, into the shot. And if it's not an octagon, then heaven help the person who set that up from the props <laughs> department. Like it you is... go back and you do it again and you do it right. You cut those fracking corners off or you're done. Quit cutting corners and go cut, cut, cut those, those corners. corners. Is that You're from airlocked. the original? I do. Um, I do have to wonder though. Okay, so media being an octagon doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but like being a rectangle doesn't either. When you think about it, like a lens is a circle. So why is all the media it produces rectangular? That is. Yeah. Science can't explain that. Um. Yes. Science, well, science can't, but history can. Uh, nope. I forget the uh, the actual explanation, but uh, our, our, our good friend and occasional never heard of it guest host, John Ryan, uh, did explain to me once the reasoning behind the uh, the uh, the format and aspect of television and cinema. Oh. I just assume the lenses, because eyeballs are circular, right? And lenses, are they, this is... This is how this humanities degree works. The thing is, nobody knows. Eyeballs is round. Camera lenses is round. Nobody knows how um, it works or why. Trisha motherfucking Helfer. Oh, my God. In this scene is... In every scene. I mean, in every scene, of course. But when she first starts talking in this scene, she's doing this thing where she's not quite... Um, f- almost finishing her words, and there's like mm-hmm. this is there's like a, a lack of breath support. Like, she hasn't taken a full breath, and her... Like... She's like barely embodied at this point. It feels like, um, and it's becomes really important. I think that performance as it progresses across these two episodes, but it starts here. I think and she she does a thing frequently where she's basically speaking through her teeth, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like her lips move, but her mouth doesn't really. Um, but like it just like it creates this edge to her voice, mm-hmm. uh, especially when she's like. A, intentionally being cold or menacing mm-hmm. and mostly when she's uh, giving Gaia shit. Um, <laughs> but that made me think of, uh, there was a moment earlier in the episode that we skipped over where, um, af- after the, uh, the stern talking to that Rosalind gives the, the two, uh, ship commanders, uh, and Admiral Kane leaves, uh, Rosalind is worn the fuck out, and she she lays down, and you know the commander stays by her side, uh, and he's like, "Can I can I get you anything?" And she says, "You know, maybe uh, a new body, oh. one mm-hmm. of those uh, one of those shiny new Cylon models from the uh, the resurrection ship." And he's like, "I I can't see you as a blonde," <laughs> and in my head, I immediately imagined 
Trisha Helfer taking over as <gasps> President Rosalind. <gasps> Yeah, (laughs) she would do. Look, I love Rosalind. She is the queen of my heart, and I would follow her to the ends of the earth. About the ends of the universe. Wherever Rosalind tells me to go. Um, Cobble. Right to Cobble. 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 The The pyramid pyramid player. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, he's on Capricorn. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, The pyramid player. But could you imagine? (laughs) Bye, Caleb. (laughs) <laughs> um, can you uh, bring up some more ginger ale while you're down there? I hate ginger oh, okay. ale, but what? while you're in the basement, sure. it's for sick. It's for when you're not feeling good. I love ginger ale all the time. Are you always? Do you always have a bellyache? Yeah, uh, yeah, I always oh. do feel sick. Well, that explains it. Um, but um, I mean, I haven't felt good in about 15 years. That's so. <laughs> fair. He's taking the elevator down now. So we can bring up more ginger ale. So we can bring up more ginger ale. He forgot. Um, well, I just didn't want to carry it up the stairs. It's heavy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, fuck. Hold on. I... What were we talking about before we got... They were in the place and the thing and then they Roslyn, said Roslyn, President Six. You were talking, <laughs> Caleb. This was your point. I made my point. President... I was done. Roslyn Six... Oh, 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 oh. Because she wants a new body. I Thank you. And she's going to download and regenerate into a six body. I want what I want to happen. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I'm calling this a theory yet or speculation, but I would love for Rosalind to die because I love to cry, and that would be a wonderful scene for me. And then for us to find out that she's a Cylon, that she gets a new body, but for some reason maybe only Adama knows somehow it stays a secret so we don't have to it doesn't have to be an issue with the crew so do you know what i like i don't know so how it just keeps a secret i don't know how any of that plays out but i love <laughs> season four episode three adama's secret <laughs> i just don't know adama how keeps a secret i just don't know how they kill rosalind feels very close to death much closer than is the end of this show. And I don't know how you kill Roslyn, you know, halfway through this series and have her never return. So one way... Flashbacks. I guess flashbacks, but that's... Yeah, I don't I know. would also like a new body. And if we're just going strictly on your conjecture and not on actual canon for the show mm-hmm. up until this point, uh, if I had to choose, I would choose Samuel Anders. You know, the pyramid player. The pyramid player? <laughs> He's probably the most, like, fit I, I mean, of I the Cylons. Like a pyramid player's body would be in, in directly in better shape than mine. Unless. Unless. And a, Apollo, and a rebel fighter. If Apollo's a Cylon. I mean, if I can have Jamie I mean, if, if, if <laughs> I feel like even I, maybe. Could you imagine if I just came into the studio one day and I was me from the neck up and then Jamie Bammer from the neck down? Like a bad Photoshop job, but in person? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, think, what's up y'all i think uh i think i'd want to be uh leoban just so i could start like a really bad 90s like skate punk band oh yeah because that's kind of what he looks like to me yeah i could see that he would always have the the long sleeve shirt under the 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 short sleeve oh, shirt yeah the cargo pants that's the look and, yeah the adama and, and Rosalind have this conversation and before he goes like she she tells him like you know that, like, yeah. the only way this ends is you have to kill her. God. And he's like, I, I'm not going to, like, <laughs> what sorry, are you talking what? about? Like, that's crazy. I, I can't do that. He goes, and she's what? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an executioner. 
Or no, and I'm not an assassin, he says. Um, But uh, Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) He's like he's he's thinking about it though. He's thinking. So Starbuck and Lee come up with a plan to take out the uh, the resurrection ship, and uh, you know I'm no tactician, but. It feels like a pretty damn good one to me. Mm-hmm. Much better than hiding behind a moon. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how on their little, uh, like, battleship uh, fucking map there with all the, the, like, little figurines of all the uh, the ships, they suddenly have a resurrection ship one out of nowhere? Like, who's making these? It's gotta be Pegasus a Pegasus has a 3D printer. Uh, oh, there you go. You know, it's, That's a new, canon. it's a pretty new ship. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I like the idea that a 3D printer would be, at that point, actually pretty old uh, technology, one of the right? ships, One of the ships that they stripped down actually was made mostly out of polymer, and they melted <laughs> it down into... I just like to think it's, it's, it's Adama. He loves his, his tiny... Uh, he's got that model ship he's working on, and... So he put, just, he, he put that on hold and made a, yep. a resurrection ship one instead. Uh-huh. I like. I I almost would have preferred it if he had had like had pulled out like a a small like model ship or something like that and used it for that and then like gotten out a dragon statue <laughs> for the black. <laughs> like, it's like I know it's not exactly know, the same, but you guys you get the idea. I that was my. Adama. I don't have a I don't have a cleric, but this maid should do. <laughs> it's like, I love that. Like fucking dungeon. Can, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine the epic D and D game going on in the CSE? Yes. 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 <laughs> those, those really slow nights. Uh, Forget the happened. rest of the show. Now all I want to talk about is who, what everybody plays as. BSG D and D. Caleb, Caleb, <laughs> you fucking genius. Well, I know what we're doing when we're out of Battlestar Galactica episodes on this yep. podcast. Yep. There's got to be. In fact, I know that there is. I think I looked it up. There's a. I think there's a. There's a one shot that we can play. I can RP as a Dama all day long. <laughs> I feel like that's just kind of how you've. That's how, yeah. <laughs> been, you've been just doing walk. that all podcast anyway. Yeah. What else is new? <laughs> I want to be my own character aboard the ship. Just me, but it's me. Neko, Your name's aboard Bammer the ship. Uh huh. I want to be Chief Terrell. Okay. I want to fix the, all the spaceships. I'm gonna be. President Quinn, that's me. You know, fix the spaceships, and when you get out of here, you're going to make some changes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make some changes when I get out of here. Oh, God, Tyrell. You and Cheryl, you're done. Cheryl, huh? Like, Sh- Cheryl? Sh- who's Cheryl? <laughs> Sharon? <laughs> well, I'm done with them both. Um, but yeah, so, so Starbuck and Lee, they, they have a plan. It's a good plan. Mm-hmm. They're going to... They're gonna, Send a, a couple civilian decoy ships in to make it look like they're on a, a mining operation, and that's going to attract the Cylons' attention. They'll send some raiders after them. Uh, and when the raiders have been deployed, Galactica and Pegasus are going to jump in and engage the base stars. There's two of them, uh, so one each, uh, which results in a very badass scene of them just broadsiding the, the base stars, which I fucking love every time. Every time. I've watched this show so many times. Um, and while... The uh, Raiders and the Base Stars are distracted. Lee's going to jump in in the Blackbird and take out the FTL drive for the Resurrection ship so that uh, the Viper Squadrons can then turn around and attack it and take it out. Oh, wait a minute. How many, how many squadrons, you might ask? Yeah, how many squadrons? All of them. All of oh, them. Fuck. Wait a minute. It's a- Wait a minute. Why don't we just send the Blackbird in there with some nukes and take the resurrection ship out all right away? 
Well, you know, we, we, we ran those numbers, and uh, we think that the silence would detect the, the nuclear signature and uh, destroy the blackboard before it could get close. The blackboard, huh? Shh. I was just going to let that slide. Uh, you know I wasn't. <laughs> Kinsey didn't even have time to decide whether or not to correct you. It was already out of their mouth before... Uh, <laughs> Um, it's, true. it's a surprise Just, to me. I know. No, it's not a surprise. I, I think it's quite sweet that um, uh, Starbuck is going to let Lee fly her ship. It says a lot about how much she trusts him because that is her ship. And I also, mean, she's in charge now, so she could very easily be like, no, I'm doing that, mm-hmm, you fuck. Yeah. She could just revoke his flight status again if she wanted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I hope she fucks with him and does that all the time. <laughs> just is like, mm, mm, no flight status now, buddy. Mm, Give me nah, back you're my pyramid ball. You're off. Um, but uh, as as they break to uh, to go start preps for this uh, this mission, uh, Adama asks if uh, Starbuck can hang back and, and go over <laughs> some of the specifics with him. But he doesn't ask for Starbuck specifically. He says. I want your cag to stay behind because so you should smart. answer some of my questions. Yes. He knows that that's a better way to be like, can Starbucks stay? Can yeah. Starbucks stay for dinner? Yeah. Can Starbucks come over and play? <laughs> uh, hey, Mrs. K, can Starbucks come out and play? <laughs> Which leads to That's a Mrs. Admiral Kane to you. Miss, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Admiral. She is uh, not married. Miss <laughs> Admiral. That's right. That's better. She never had time for she, that shit. She was married, but she stripped her husband for parts and left him <laughs> yes, to die. Like, <laughs> oh, she's left a, a trail of broken hearts longer than the ships that she's stripped. God, she know, eats the hearts. True. They're not... <laughs> She doesn't leave them behind. Just oh. <laughs> hey, her. This is uh, one of the like, not necessarily one of the best scenes, but one of the best examples of the show uh, at its best. That was a really awkward way to say that. Yeah. I don't know. I, We're with you. We're all friends here. In, not me and Kitsy, obviously, but not us. Yeah, they've made that In clear. The, in the, the commander's uh, quarters or ready room, he's he's going over a plan with Starbuck to uh, he he wants her once the the operation is over and she's accounted for all her pirates, he wants her to to take out Kane. But at the same time, <laughs> on the Raptor flight so back good. to Pegasus, Kane's having the same conversation with Fisk, mm-hmm. who she's going to station on the Galactica with a detachment of their Marines who are like completely loyal to the to her. And when the uh, when the dust clears, they're gonna take take the uh, commander out. And this scene is so beautifully shot as it cuts back and forth mm-hmm. between them uh, as they're laying this plan and as they're each saying like what their like code word is gonna be that triggers this. And it's just it's fucking brilliant. It's beautiful. There's a couple interesting things I noticed about this scene. One is that I don't think Kane intends to only take out Adama. Because she says terminate Adama's yeah. command, starting with Adama. Oh, yeah. She's going yeah. after everybody. Yep. Well, and she knows that Adama's crew is fiercely loyal to him, mm-hmm. and just taking him out is not it. going to, to leave uh, her in a secure position on his CIC. No. Now. That dog won't hunt, Mon Frere. <laughs> Flip that around, though. Adama and Starbuck have to know that 
shooting Kane on her own CIC is a suicide mission. There's no way that she walks away from that. Even if she think, manages... You don't think Kane would go down there and go, oh, thank Christ. Well, I think <laughs> it's funny because I'm of two minds with this because I think that that was my first thought was like, oh, God. And I think that Adama knows he's asking Starbuck to walk into what they think would be certain death, even if me as the viewer is thinking there's a chance... That well, and because they don't know, they've been under Kane's command. I would assume if somebody shot Kane, that their next step would be to turn on anybody in the same way that Kane is planning to do mm-hmm. to Dama's crew. Um, so it's a very like if that scene is to carry out in the way that they have set it up, I will be interested. I'm pretending like I haven't watched the next episodes in this. <laughs> um, I will be interested to see what happens. Um, how. Yeah, I have ideas of how I think the next episode um, is going to play out, but and I think the other interesting thing to me about that scene is the the code words they're using. Like mm-hmm. Adama's just like when you hear me say the word downfall, when you hear me say kill her, and meanwhile Kane is like, when you hear me give the order execute Plan Orange Delta Seven or whatever, like it's very military, mm-hmm. like very execute Case Orange, Case Orange, that's what it is. Which I kind of feel like is what's going to have to be uh, have to go down on January twenty first of next mm-hmm. year. Oh, because <laughs> oh, he's orange. That's my birthday. Also, a good Oceanator song. Happy my birthday's birthday. inauguration day. Mm-hmm. January twenty one. Fucking hell! Mm-hmm. What a birthday present for you. Uh, you're fucking right. telling me. <laughs> uh, Andrea, do you want to uh, talk theories and conjecture, or do you want to uh, save it for the wrap up of the two parter? Did I already on record say that I think I know what was going to happen to Kane and how? Did I say that last week about last six? Week, yeah. Okay. We said, you said what you wanted to happen. I'm certain and have become more so um, throughout this episode that that's how it's going to go down. So I am, I, the only way I can imagine this playing out, we can't, Starbuck can't become a murderer in this way, um, especially by Adama's order. I just don't think this is a show that will let that happen in in this particular way. I don't think Starbucks above killing somebody, but it just doesn't make sense for this. Um, I think, as I said last week, we are gearing up for Six to put Kane the fuck down, and I cannot wait for that to happen. Um, And I'm really excited for Baltar to get a uh, corporeal Six in his life. I think that those are the two things I think we're headed for. I have a theory. I've got a theory. Like from Buffy. I've got a theory. Uh, I think Fisk is uh, Patton Oswalt's military dad. For sure. <laughs> yes. I love Fisk, and I, we'll talk more about that next yeah, week. Yeah, I very much do. Fisk and Fisk's dynamic with um, Kane and Starbucks' dynamic with um, Adama are really good examples of what we were talking about earlier with the difference between Kane and Adama, too, I yes. think. But mm-hmm. I think that plays out much more. I'm guessing anyway that that'll be worth talking about next week. And if any of that happens, our panel will tell you about it on wait wait no, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry, what podcast are we on again? <laughs> all things considered. It's all songs considered. All songs. Song Exploder. Let's be on Coolion. Cylon Exploder. Which one does he do? Cylon Exploder. Ooh. That's the- Oh, god damn it. That should have been our podcast name. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to change it? 
No, no, but that could be our docu series. Oh, I would love that. Our behind the scenes. They, mm-hmm. they made a, a song exploder like docu series. It's on Netflix. I'm it's, sorry, what? Yeah, it's only four episodes. Oh, I'm gonna have to go watch that right now. We have you we have an Optiplan oh. to take out these <laughs> Cylon right. resurrection ships. So we're gonna spool up the FTL drives and prepare to make that jump, and we'll see you there next week. So say we all. You always say it next. That's not true at all. Do I sometimes so say, say we all? So, so, <laughs> jump jiving, then you really gotta. <laughs> Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.